Move by Mamma Mia is the exercise app for anybody, anywhere. Yes, that could mean you too. The workouts have been designed to fit into your life so you can move when you can. The 15 minutes you can squeeze in before work. The 20 minutes you get to yourself while the baby naps. The half hour you can spare at lunch. There's a routine for you no matter what your day looks like. A reminder as well, this is included in your Mum Mia subscription. If you are a Mum Mia subscriber, you already have access to Move. Download the Move app and log in with your Mum Mia login. Head to move.mamamia.com.au and use code MOVE10 to get $10 off a yearly subscription. You're listening to a Mamma Mia podcast. Mamma Mia acknowledges the traditional owners of the land we have recorded this podcast on, the Gadigal people of the Eora Nation. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander cultures. Hello. Hello. My name is Tegan Natoli. My name is Lee Campbell. And this is This Glorious Mess, the mother's group in your ears where judgment is left at the door. And <sighs> we've got exciting news. Before we get into today's episode, we have some big news from Tegan and I yeah. to share. It's an announcement. It's we basically we are had a baby. Yes, together. <laughs> <laughs> it's a pregnancy and postpartum body care range. It's called Brillo Beauty. We've been working on it for nearly two years now. Yeah. Tegan came to me a couple of years ago. If you don't know, she's co-owner of Bump Day Spa. There's three locations around Australia. And she said there's a gap in the market for pregnancy and postpartum body care. A full range. A full range. Quality and range. Gorgeous range. Yeah. Amazing Bright, range. fun the, packaging. The best products you'll ever use. And I said no. I said, Tegan, I've got too many jobs. Absolutely not. I'm like, girl, you crazy. So she said, I'm doing it without you. And then I spoke to my husband about it and I was like, oh, goodness, I think she's right. You know, when I was pregnant, I used a few random brands, but there wasn't sort of a household name that I just knew was obviously pregnancy safe, gentle, effective, blah, blah, blah. And all the way through, you know, like it's about having that consistency, knowing that there's a brand to support you, you know, as soon as you get pregnant and then in that fourth trimester as well. Well, that's it because obviously I host You Beauty and all the time I'm asked, you know, my friend's heading off to hospital to have her baby. I want a beautiful body wash and body lotion to give her in the hospital. But so many of them are really heavily fragranced. And what a lot of people don't know is that your baby can't see much when they're born. They bond with you through your own unique scent. So it's quite important to not wear, you know, perfume and or heavily fragranced products. So in the range, we've got a beautiful body wash and body lotion that are completely unscented, no essential oils, no fragrance. But so gorgeous to use. Oh, my God. We're we're so excited for you guys to try them. We are. We won't keep going on, but we've got a body oil and belly oil, a body butter, a balm, a magnesium spray for those aches and pains. Yeah. So we'll pop a link in the show notes. We've been working on it for years. It's finally here. We yes. are absolutely terrified. And, and it would be very weird, excited at very the same time. Excited. <laughs> and it would be weird not to tell you about it because, yes, you know, we're you workwives to us. here and Brillo Beauty. And you're all mothers. This is our mums group and yes. we talk about everything that's going on. Yes. So Please help us spread the word. Our Instagram is at brillobeauty.co. And you can find all the products at www.brillobeauty.com. Today, we've got expert from Connected Parenting, Genevieve Muir, in the studio with us to talk to us about how to approach death and the grieving process with your kids. You might recognize Jen from my podcast, How to Build a Human. She has literally changed my life with my son. She has four boys, so she knows what's up. Oh, 
Boy, yeah. mums are my heroes. Honestly, and she literally, I can't rave about her enough. Rich yeah. and I have booked you, a private You session. have been right. You, I, I feel like she's your Lael Stone. Like, she's my Lael. Like, yeah, every like how time, I talk about Lael is how you day, talk about Genevieve. at your house you were like, why are you being so nice to Alexander? And I was like, Jen taught me to get down on his level for 10 minutes and it changes my life. Anyway, we're going to talk to her next and, of course, we're going to finish with our nails and fails. Genevieve Muir is a parent educator and obstetric social worker at the Mada Hospital in Sydney. Her company, Connected Parenting, helps families deal with everything from the beginning of the parenthood journey, helping kids adapt to new siblings and grieving and adjusting to all the changes and upsets that life can bring. So, Jen, welcome to the show. As everyone knows, I love talking to you. We've done a podcast together, How to Build a Human. But today we're here to talk about grief and little kids. So I have a fair amount of experience with this. My father passed away when Alexander was 10 months old. And then my father-in-law passed away just a couple of weeks ago. And we haven't actually broached that with Alexander yet because they're Melbourne-based. So normally they would FaceTime quite a lot. That obviously hasn't happened, but we haven't told him yet. Let's talk grief with little kids. I don't even know where to start. So how about you start? (laughs) Where do we start? Yeah. (laughs) So in some ways, because they live in Melbourne, you Mm. did have that little break to prepare yourself. And not everybody gets that, but the fact you've had that, it's nice because it allows you to come in a bit calm. Mm. So the first thing that you want to do for little kids as much as adults is let Alexander know, I'm about to tell you something and it might be a bit hard to hear. Mm. And that's the equivalent of sit down, I've got some bad news. Mm -hmm. But briefing people that we have something that's hard to say can really help. Then when you do talk to him, it's important to be as clear and direct as you can and actually use less words than more. So often we're Mm -hmm. tying ourselves in knots because as you would know, Lee, from our work on the other podcast, we're often trying to make everything okay for our kids. And what you want to do is just tell it like it is. You know, your grandpa was sick and he died. Mm. And then you want to pause because our kids need time to then process that information. And if we jump straight into fixing it, solving it, making it better, telling them, you know, it'll be okay, you'll get over it, Mm. then you're diminishing that opportunity for him to just process it. So Mm. you want to kind of just sit in it. And then the third thing is going to be going with where he goes. So some kids are going to go, okay, and what's for dinner? Yeah. And some kids are going to be really sad about that right on the spot. And so it's about us meeting them where they're at and allowing some silences and allowing some physical connection because, again, it's that physical connection that makes our kids feel safe to then express what's coming up for them. Okay. Mm. They are such great tips. Like even for me with my little ones that are like nearly four and nearly five, when we drive past the cemetery, you know, I'm starting to explain, what's that? You know, that's where people go once they've died. Do babies die? Like little questions like that. And they want to know facts. But then I find myself trying to understand where the line is of what facts would become scary to that kind of age group. So, you know, what if they want to know more details? How do we know where that line is? So one of the best things you can do is ask a question back. So if your child says, you know, tell me more about death, you can say, tell me exactly what you're hoping to know by that. That fact check, because sometimes what they want to know is actually quite simple. And then we launch into this really convoluted um, thing and they're going, whoa, I I was not asking for that. So it's about fact checking and then just being clear and direct. Like often the more clear and direct, same, you know, when we're talking about grief, when we're talking about sex, all that hard stuff, it's Mm. actually being really clear and to the point and open. Okay. But not Not trying 
won't much. overcompensate. Definitely yeah. not too much. Yeah. Now, yep. Jen, I don't know if you can answer this because it's so personal, but we're not religious, so we're not doing heaven. So Alexander, of course, three and a half is in the why, what stage. Mm. So he says, and where did he go? Where is Poppy? Yeah. And that's a really hard thing for us to say because I think it's so comforting to say, you know, he's in heaven and he's somehow, I must have said something, but he says he's in the sky, which is lovely and I'm letting him run with that. But do you have any advice if kids ask what happens next? I mean, yeah, I guess it's as individual as we all are Mm. and if you've got religion, it can be a lot easier to say, well, we believe this. You're allowing him to have that belief and and I think that's an answer. You can Mm. say, look, you know, we're not going to really encourage that but if he thinks he's in the sky, that's okay. Mm. But for some people, they're going to say, look, when people die, we bury them in the ground, you know, this is what happens and you're going to be really direct about that and then you're going to allow that space for your child to ask questions. Really focusing on if you don't have heaven as a narrative that helps you kind of process death, then you might really focus on making memories or mm. create or bringing up the photos. Let's look, you know, because what they're really doing is missing that person as yes. well. So you might say, let's look at a photo of you when you guys were together mm-hmm. or yeah. maybe you've got another way of talking about something that, you know, he did with grandpa when he and was a baby and bring it back to the present. Mm, so, you, really I mean, you're not really avoiding it. I would, again, I would be really direct. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Great point. This is everything you've taught me. It's like you don't want them to feel sad, but sadness is just a much an emotion as happiness totally because if we avoid it and we're tiptoeing around it and we're really we fluff uncomfortable everything, don't we we're like fluffy 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 yeah like, it's well what confusing. our kids pick up is our discomfort yeah and mm. that's scary because yeah. then they're going well you're my big person and you're meant to kind of be in control and you look like you're freaking out yeah. mm. and so then we're all worried yeah and so it's about trying as hard as it is to just be a bit confident and isn't that also teaching them that sadness is bad and yeah you know and it's oh, not. We can't talk about that or it's yeah. taboo. Yeah. That's right. Good point. Yeah. And so just like adults, we can grieve over many things, not necessarily death, but yep. uh, the end of a relationship or friendships or loss of a job, whatever. Are there things that kids might grieve over that aren't necessarily loss or death? Definitely. So we have living losses and then we have grief as we know it where someone dies or a pet dies. And a living loss, I mean, many, many siblings really struggle when a new baby is born. Mm. And it's not so much because of the baby. Mm. And it's not like that. It's the loss of that perceived relationship with my mm. parent or parents. The, yeah, the way right? the family was. Yeah. That's such an interesting and that point. And, and actually children experience a lot of change as loss. So even changing rooms at daycare mm-hmm. can be experienced to a child as a loss. Mm. So it's really being aware for children there is lots of that experience and that's a good thing. That's how they process learning how to grieve and how to lose. But, yeah, so it can be absolutely anything, any change in their world. Parents separating is another mm. really big one where mm. we're going to grieve that family the way that we wanted it yep. and it's not the way it was and there's a new normal to get used to. Mm. What about when they're smart enough to start marrying? Well, if, you know, that person died, does that mean mummy will die or grandma will die? And then they start asking the questions, you know, because Alexander did ask that. He said to me, well, will Gaga die? which is my mum. And I said, well, yeah, she is, but, you know, she's old too. And then I was like, uh-oh, is he going to say, <laughs> well, you get old? But he he didn't marry that yet. Yes. But, you know, is it, again, being as direct as, you know, eventually everybody does die? Look, yes, and also leaning into the feeling. So think mm. about what's the underlying emotion there is it sounds like you're a bit worried about death at the moment. Mm. Hey, that's okay. Yeah, you cuddle. cuddle. Yeah. And, and then you sit with it for a second and that might be enough mm. depending on the age. I mean, again, we're based 
basing on who our child is, some of our children are really going to want to know the hardcore facts and who is going to die. And we might say to them, yes, we all die and don't worry, that won't happen to me till I'm much older Yes, we hope for the best. Mm. For other children, we know that would be a bit hard for them. And so we're going to say, it sounds like you're having lots of feelings about losing people. Don't worry, that's so normal. Come and have a cuddle. Yeah. Okay. So you know your own kid then because just as you explain those, I now know the best approach. Yeah, and I think the key thing that I've taken from this conversation with you, Jenna, is to ask a question back, you know, <laughs> and let them lead the conversation. How much do you want to know? How much, like, let them sort of navigate the where you want to go. The question back helps clarify where they're at. Yeah, But the question back gives you a second to ground yourself, right? <laughs> yes. Because, you know. It's like, where are you at? Oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God, oh, my God. Because <laughs> also I'm panicking. I'm going, yes. oh, my God, don't ask me the next question. Yeah. Yes. Jen, oh. anything else we should know about grief for our kids, for us? Okay, there's no wrong way to grieve. So how it's going to look in people is as individual as they are. And I think there is an old school idea that grief is something that's linear, that we Mm. all should go through denial and then shock and then sadness and we're going to get over it. So the goal is not to get over grief. The goal is to grow around it. So our grief remains the same. And this is a beautiful exercise with children. You might say, this is what your grief feels like right now. It feels really big but you're going to grow around your grief and it may not change, but we find new ways to evolve as a person and we have new experiences and that's what can make things easier. But the goal isn't to get over it. Yeah. Yeah. And what can bereavement look like in kids? You know, are there certain behaviours or... um, Yeah, like is it tantrums? Is it always quote unquote sadness or can it be... How can it appear to us as parents? I think one of the things about kids is they've got that beautiful ability to live in the present. And so... It can be confusing for us because we don't have that as adults. Our grief or bereavement, it sits on us from the minute we wake up. Mm. We know that feeling, right? But for kids, they've got that beautiful ability to lose themselves in play or just absolutely be in the present. So that can be confusing if you don't realise that that's just one of the things. They're very mindful. They're like little Buddhas, you know? Yes. And then the other thing to be aware of is that because our kids can't wrap words around big concepts like something like grief or Mm. love even, Mm. then it might show at transition points. So at the point your child's going to bed or going to school, we all know those moments as parents and suddenly is a meltdown over the way you cut their banana. Mm. And yes, it's about the banana, but most likely if your child is going through a big transition mm. or there is loss in the house, it's a bit about that yes, too. Yes, yeah. that makes so much sense. Yeah. So just keep an eye out and be yeah. extra. Oh, Jen, I love you. Yeah. <laughs> I tell you every episode. <laughs> yeah. We'll have to have you on again soon, Jen. You have connected parenting. You are the busiest woman I know, <laughs> mother of four. So thank you for your Thanks time. Thanks for fitting us in. Thank you. Nailed it. You failed it. Nails and fails, what's your fails, my faily friend? Okay, I'm sure the other week I spoke about thistles. <laughs> you did. One of your kids got a thing in their foot. Like heaps of them, like hundreds of these tiny little transparent bindi. Yes. What the hell? Like <laughs> why can I walk on the same piece of grass? Like are my feet really like rhinoceros Has that happened again? Yes. All my kids the other day at the park. But what are these thistles? Can someone please <laughs> tell me they're like, okay, I can't explain it. They're like the thinner I than a hair. I know what they are, yeah. They're, they're thinner clear. than a hair. They're clear. You can only see them in certain light and there's heaps of them and like they hurt so much. So who stood on it this time? Banjo. Oh. And then so, and Indy the other day, she's like, I need the tweezers. I'm like, why? Oh. She's like, she calls them bindies. She's like, I've got a bindi. Oh. And like, what the hell? I just How's don't... your eyesight? Do you need, like, can, oh. you, can you see them? 
Yeah, I'm like, and I, I really get a mission. I'm like, right, give me the tweezers. I like hold their foot up in the sunlight. Yes. I'm like basically doing get the brain angle surgery. Right. Yeah, but then we were at the park the other day and I'm like, guys, keep your shoes on. Yeah, I was going to say. I can't do thistle surgery any longer. No, you were not a thistle surgeon. And then you get one out and then they're like, no, there's another one still in there. Oh. They can't walk. So I don't know. Can some thistle expert tell me what these are and Surely why only my children Surely there's a botanist that listen. Yeah, because it's like always. Are you been. barefoot at the same time? Oh, uh, mm, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's <laughs> probably why. Other people are. Like we're at the beach, we're at the yeah. park. Like it's a communal area where there's people with no shoes. I'm like, why do my children have thistle Maybe prone Maybe everyone's feet? suffering in thistle silence. <laughs> and silence? <laughs> and thistle silence. <laughs> well, my fail yes, is we me. went out for dinner the other night and I, we picked up Alexander. It was right near his daycare. We were going at five o'clock. And he said, Mummy. <laughs> I love your slippers. <laughs> Why are you wearing your slippers to dinner? And I'm like, oh, they're my new fancy shoes that oh I really my love. Gosh. And of course, like out of the mouth of babes. Did they actually look like yes, slippers? Yes, they look like slippers. They're that wetsuit. Oh, well, serves you right. I know. They're that wetsuit neoprene material. Stop. But they looked quite nice with the dress. I was feeling oh, quite nah, cute. I'm with him. Mummy, why are you wearing your slippers yep. outside of the house? And Shame on like, you. Oh, God. Shame on you. Well, I'm going to just start feet. wearing my actual, <laughs> like, I just say they're wetsuit material. Yeah, you know that neoprene, like, they kind of. Oh, maybe you can wear that with your bum bag <laughs> and then just strut around the eastern suburbs. You suburb. always fashion shame me. <laughs> it's I don't probably like it. because I have no idea about fashion. So. Yeah, exactly. That's um, it. What's your nail? My nail. So, look, my love language, I'm not sure if our listeners know about the five languages of love. I'm very into love languages. The way I love to receive love is through words of affirmation. I never used to be like that but since becoming a mum that's so interesting yeah I never you're really... not physical touch because I always try and cuddle with yeah, you yeah I'm like Ugh, get off I'm really my other love language would be personal space <laughs> <laughs> fair enough with get three away. kids yes that's also changed so anyway words of affirmation is my new love language and like this is probably half of my husband and my arguments because he's so not words of affirmation he's physical like, touch isn't he's he he's physical touch Ugh. yeah of course <laughs> I'm not physical touch with my husband I just want to cuddle you yeah I know you do but anyway, I know that I'm finally raising like the sun. <laughs> I always feel like on here I bag Banjo out. No, oh, he's But beautiful. the other day I, he was sitting out the front where our bedroom is and I was in the bedroom. I was getting changed, getting dressed for the day. And he was looking the other way and I got, I'd put this dress on and I stood out and I started talking to him and he was in the middle of his sentence. He goes, oh, mommy, you look so beautiful. <laughs> And I was like, oh, my God, finally. Someone. Words of affirmation. He's just filling my affirmation cup yes. all day, every day. You just so had to like, make him. I said, you are going to make one girl very happy one day. Hopefully her love language is receiving words of affirmation yes. because Banjo is the boy for you, let me tell you. Oh, that's like, so you look, I love your hair, mommy. Oh, you look so – God forbid, if I put makeup on, oh, my gosh, you look like a beautiful girl, mommy. <laughs> he has this weird accent. He I'm does not have quite this sure. weird little accent. It's not, very cute. It's a mixture of, like, YouTube American shows yes, and then like PJ Masks, Peppa Pig's like a combination. Yes. It's his own language. You're not teasing him. He does sound like that. No, that's literally oh, that's how he so talks. cute. I hope yeah. he tells me I'm beautiful next time I come oh, over. yeah. If you like put some effort in, he might. <laughs> oh, yeah. I don't do that at your house. Um, my nail is bath bombs. Alexander was oh, gifted, I think, just one. a Kmart bath yep. bomb for his birthday and we used it and he kept talking about the blue dinosaur or something and I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, that thing in the bath. Anyway, I went to Lush. Normally, I can't go to Lush because it gives me a migraine. It smells so much. But I knew that their bath bombs would be really like natural and all, yeah, okay. all that yeah. jazz. So I got, it's called the Great Balls of Bicarb and it's almost like a tennis ball cylinder, but it's got five bicarb like colored 
bath bombs in it. Yep. It's 50 bucks, so it's expensive. That's 10 bucks a bomb. Oh, my so God. So it only gets to have half a bomb? Yeah, no, a bomb a week. Oh, it's it's bomb day, like Sunday night or something. Oh my but he loves them. Even though it fizzles away in three seconds, yeah. he just makes him so happy. He'll get out the out of the bath happier yeah. for some reason. Yeah. And I don't put it in until it's almost time to get out. And then once it's like melted. It buys you another five minutes. Yeah, it buys you another five minutes. And then when it's melted, I'm like, okay, it's done. Time to get out. And he's like, yeah, cool. Pulls the plug out. Bath bombs. Brilliant. Get it, girl. Get your bath bombs. Yeah. Well, that is it for today. Thanks for listening to this glorious mess. Get in touch with us at tgm at mamamia.com.au and join our parenting group, Mamma Mia Family. And don't forget to leave us a review. If you love us. Yeah.